you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, here's what's on The Front. I'm Kristen Amiot. It's Wednesday, January 17th. The US presidential race has begun in earnest, with Donald Trump claiming a record-breaking victory at the Iowa caucus. It was the biggest ever victory in a contested caucus by a non-incumbent, making Trump the frontrunner to be the Republican Party's candidate in the November election. Jobs across the country are in jeopardy as manufacturing and construction businesses plunge into insolvency. New data from the Australian Security and Investments Commission shows more than 1,600 businesses have spiralled into unpayable debt in the last six months, while others are moving offshore or shutting up shop altogether as costs skyrocket. Our laws aren't keeping up with rapidly advancing artificial intelligence technologies, and Australia could be left in the dust if we don't rein it in. That's the finding of a new government report into AI safety and regulation. In today's episode, we unpack Labor's plans for taming the AI beast. Last year, a musical collaboration between Drake and The Weeknd exploded online. It's called Heart on My Sleeve, and it was heard more than 15 million times on TikTok, as well as streaming platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. It was a bona fide hit, and then it was gone. The song was canned at the request of record label Warner Music Group, which said it infringed on its copyright. That's because the song wasn't actually by Drake and The Weeknd. It was produced by a mysterious creator known only as Ghostwriter, who used artificial intelligence technology, or AI, to mimic the musician's style and voices. The success of Heart on My Sleeve came in the middle of a broader conversation about the way AI has blurred the lines between inspiration and imitation. While we've all chuckled over AI-generated pictures of the Pope wearing an oversized puffer jacket or the Harry Potter cast living it up at a rave, The technology has become so advanced that it's increasingly difficult to know what's real and what's not. It's a problem the Australian government is trying to get a handle on. But we've got to modernise it and make sure it's fit for purpose. That's why we've launched the discussion paper Mm. around the future uh, regulation of AI. We want to be able to give people a confidence and the assurance that the technology is working for us and not the other way around. Right. So what are you going to do? I mean, and, and also, how do you... The Minister for Industry and Science, Ed Husick, who you just heard there on Sky News, is the man going down the rabbit hole. And the Australian's National Affairs Editor, Joe Kelly, has followed him. In the middle of the last year, in 2023, the government had a consultation process on AI and what the best regulatory framework was to give confidence to the community and to business about the use of AI while trying to most effectively harness the productivity benefits, the economic benefits that it will be able to deliver to the Australian economy while minimising any negative uh, consequences. 
And the government has now come up with an interim response with a few measures, with a final response expected towards the end of this year, most likely. HUSEC's been at it for a good six months now. The consultation process has garnered more than 500 responses from tech giants like Meta and Google, as well as banks, retailers and universities. HUSEC said almost all of those responses agreed the government needs to take action to prevent, mitigate and respond to AI's problems. And now, new laws will be drawn up to govern the use of AI in high-risk settings. That means anything that affects our safety or livelihood, like law enforcement and healthcare, not memes of the Pope. So that is the government's adopting a risk-based approach. So less risky AI applications. This could include things like filtering emails, screening parcels, things that could be used just in day-to-day internal business functions will have a light touch, but then more contentious AI applications will have a heavier regulatory framework put around them. So the government will adopt a risk-based approach and it's going to consider how a system of mandatory safeguards in these high-risk settings could work. So that's the contentious part and there'll be a lot of consultation, further consultation with the industry and with the community about how that could work over the rest of this year. Coming up after the break, why time isn't on the government's side on this one. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime. The wheels of the legal system turn slowly. In many ways, that's a good thing. None of us want to be bound by laws that were rushed through Parliament without proper consideration for how they might change our lives. But when you're dealing with technology that's advancing as quickly as artificial intelligence, a bit of pace doesn't go astray. So how did the Australian government fare in its first attempt to rein it in? Here's Joe Kelly again. Look, I think there's two ways of looking at it. So they've come back with an interim response now saying that they're still going to consult. So in some ways, that feels like they've kicked the can down the road. Now, this is a dynamic area, and the risk is that Australia gets left behind as other countries outpace us in implementing their own regulatory frameworks for the management of AI. So I think it's important that we move swiftly, but that we get it right. And it is important to get right because I think there is quite a high degree of concern 
among business and among the community about the application of AI in some of these high-risk areas. So we need to get the regulatory framework right so there's a high degree of confidence. You've just touched on something there that I wanted to ask you about, which is that the passage of laws is a notoriously slow process at the best of times. We've already seen in this interim response by the government that another consultation process is required to develop those mandatory safeguards and that as many as 10 existing legislative frameworks could require amendments. So is legislation actually the most effective mechanism at the government's disposal here? And if it's not, noting that everyone, including AI's creators, agree we need to regulate it, what's the alternative? The applications from AI are obviously stretch across the field of human endeavour and across the Australian economy. Ed Husick's made it quite clear that, yes, this is going to require perhaps the development of an entirely new legislative framework. So this is a detailed and complex process. It will most likely involve not only legislation, but a number of regulation changes as well. And as I said before, I think the issue is the clock is ticking in relation to us getting those regulatory frameworks in place. Something that I noticed in the report and in your reporting of it is that almost all of the submissions made during that consultation process, more than 500 of them, said voluntary safeguards are virtually unenforceable. And yet the government's very next move, if I'm understanding it correctly, is to develop a voluntary AI safety standard. Is it kind of chasing its own tail here? That's right. So most of the submissions at the end of the day said that voluntary guardrails were not sufficient, but that's why the key issue to emerge from this interim report is the fact that the government is going to consider how best to adapt those mandatory guardrails for those high-risk AI applications. So it is taking some immediate steps. The government's going to be speaking with the community and industry about over the rest of this year. So yes, I think there are challenges which will emerge during that period. This is a balancing act for the government. On the one hand, AI has the potential to wreak havoc if it's left unchecked. But on the other, it could revolutionise entire industries and change our lives for the better by improving access to education, supporting complex healthcare systems, and making it more difficult for bad actors to exploit vulnerable people and systems. It could also add millions, maybe trillions, of dollars to the local economy. The government estimates it could add between $170 and $600 billion to our gross domestic product in the next decade. And it's already helping business owners get in on the action. The federal government has unveiled a $17 million program to help Australian businesses adopt artificial intelligence. The Responsible Artificial Intelligence Adopt program will establish a network of centres to guide and train key industries to harness AI capabilities for greater productivity. I think people have a general understanding of the transformative nature of AI, that it is going to change the way people work, perhaps the way some industries can operate. And I think in a lot of industries, this is still essentially an experiment. And it's not clear exactly the extent to which AI is going to reshape all those things. 
But what the government needs to get a handle on is to ensure that this rapid pace of technological change, just given how dynamic and fast-paced it is, doesn't completely outmode our regulatory frameworks. I guess the government does have to act while some of the consequences of AI are still playing out and yet to be fully realized. So that, I think, is the policy conundrum in this particular area. Joe Kelly is the Australian's National Affairs Editor. Australia's men's test cricket team will take on the West Indies in the first of two tests today. You can follow all the action from Adelaide Oval at theaustralian.com.au. My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts.